I'm putting an end to some of the most common B2B website myths. Hey, I'm Sam Dunning, co-owner over at webchoiceuk.com and host of the top 100 B2B marketing podcast, Business Growth Show. And if you haven't yet, check out my weekly emails where I share actual website and B2B marketing tips, useful podcasts, free goodies and more. Why not give it a shot over at businessgrowth.email. So coming in at myth number one, we've got your website homepage headline should share how great you are, the awards you've won, or if you just raised funding and essentially sharing how great you or your company is. Well, that's a load of BS. Us humans, we're pretty selfish beings when it comes to the core of it. We want to know quickly when we're landing on a website, what's in it for us? What is the problem you fix or the benefit you're going to bring either personally to us or to our business? So why beat around the bush? Get to the point nice and quickly. As an example, on a site we've just launched for Tao Paparin, his homepage headline clearly states, crystal clear on exactly what he offers. So in his case, it's got a nice image of him and then it's got a headline, VP of sales and strategic business development as a service hired by companies around the world to solve sales and growth challenges, consultant advisor helping CEOs and founders with aspects of sales and biz dev as the sub headline. And then there's a call to action to book a call or view his results. And also above the fold, before you need to scroll down, he's got some brands that he's worked with. So it's clearly saying, look, I'm an outsource VP of sales and strategic business development provider. This is a bit more about what I do. You can have an option to book a call or view my results. And then you've got some social proof all above the headline. Another example is our homepage headline. Straight away, we say web design, SEO and web development to grow your business. Then we've got a call to action to view our work or contact us. So just getting to the point. Um, and then a slightly different take for the We Have a Meeting. That's wehaveameeting.com site that we launched recently. They've gone for the problem-focused approach. So they've actually got three head headlines, three main boxes on the top of their homepage. And the problems are, are you breaking into a new industry or sector? Are you not getting enough meetings with the right people? And the third box is not getting enough meetings. And each one's got a call to action that opens their form where you can put a bit more information about yourself, your problems, and then book a call with their team. So to summarize, you can talk about awards won and funding gained and similar benefits, but don't have them, don't take up vital real estate. Because ultimately when people land on your homepage, they wanna quickly see what's in it for them, problem you fix, how you help, and then guide them to learn more, take the next step and build some trust straight away with that social proof. They're not really too bothered that you just got a funding round or that you won an award, but you can put that later in the site, perhaps towards the footer or perhaps on your resources page or a relevant section, you can mention those things. Myth number two that I hear a lot is our website doesn't matter because all our work comes from word of mouth or referrals. So no one's actually checking our website. Well, again, I call BS because whilst this might be true for some people, a lot of prospects are comparing vendors and they're going to flick onto your website quickly. They're going to do a quick Google search or if they know the direct URL, they'll go straight onto that. And chances are they want a site that's going to load nice and quickly because if your website takes five, six, seven or so seconds to load, they might just get frustrated, stop there and head to a competitor. If it doesn't quickly give them the information they need, i.e. your homepage headline clearly shares how you help the problem you fix, 
if they can flick through, check some of your results, whether that's looking at your portfolio or case studies or successful clients that you've helped, they're probably going to want to flick onto pricing and get a quick idea of rough idea of service rates. Or if you're a SaaS company, there may be three or so tiers that you provide. And then they're going to want a nice and easy way to contact sales, whether that's filling out a form or giving your team a call nice and easily. And if they get a bad impression, i.e. if the website looks terrible on mobile or tablet or PC, if it's really slow, if they can't find that key information they want to see around your offer, around your results, around your pricing, or if it's quite difficult to speak to sales, then they're going to get a bad taste in your mouth. It's going to give a poor first impression. And you might be missing out on business that you never knew you were going to gain simply because those referrals, those people that have been recommended, got a poor first impression and they might have just headed to a competitor that gave them a better experience with their website. So that's why it's so important. You get your site right, you gear it up and you show ideal clients what they want to see. Myth number three is that you should hide pricing so then you can get more leads from your B2B website. And there's still a ton of B2B companies that do this. They even have pricing pages, but it just has broad information around their offer and then guides you to book a demo or fill out a form and then a sales rep will be in touch to give you a custom quote or a custom price or however your process works. Now, whilst, whilst that may be true, whilst hiding pricing and forcing people to fill out forms might generate more inquiries, it's really going to piss off your prospects because they need to speak to a sales rep just to get an idea of how much you cost and if they can even afford you. And likewise, it's going to annoy your sales team because you might get a ton of leads that aren't qualified, that are tire kickers, because they don't actually have budget to do business with you. So if you're a service-based business like us, you can give starting ranges. So in our case, we give starting ranges, for example, landing pages from 2.5K, custom lead gen sites from 7K. Um, on our SEO page, we've got info that most of our clients are paying 3 to 4K upwards for SEO per month. Um, whereas if you're a SaaS business, you might just have three tiers like tier A, tier B, tier C. But the good thing about a pricing page is not only you can be transparent and show prospects that you're willing to give them a good idea if they can afford your offer and what's included, you can back up your pricing with social proof. So you could perhaps have video testimonials from happy clients. You can answer common questions and objections that you get with an FAQ section. So if there's common questions that are raised or common objections that you get on sales calls, address those directly because this can build trust. It can push prospects that are perhaps on the fence about deciding whether to contact you. And it can also save sales time by actually handing those questions in your website copy directly. So in short, sharing pricing is a good move. It qualifies buyers. It sends your sales teams better quality leads. It shows transparency and also prevents prospects from just jumping off your site onto a competitor that's more open with their pricing. Myth number four is that you should gate most of the content on your website. And when I say gate, I mean it could be a guide, it could be a recorded webinar, video series, or something else whereby a prospect has to put in their email address to access, or perhaps even more of their details, just to access the content. So the test I usually run is, for example, if you look up the No BS Guide to Website Lead Gen, and you can grab that by going to webchoiceuk.com, go to Resources tab, and then go to Free Website Guide. Put out this guide a while ago. Initially, it was a paid resource, so we sold a few hundred copies or so. And then after a while, I thought I'd just make it free in return for an email address. You put in your email, and then you get the guide, and you also get my weekly email tips. So we proved to the market 
that prospects were willing to pay for it. And then we thought we'd make it free after some time. So that's a test I recommend, but that is the only piece of gated content we have. Everything else is freely avail available. And the advantage to that is it's not restrictive. So it's not stopping your idle clients from consuming the content. It's actually allowing them to, to read all the content freely at will. And another advantage to making it non-restricted, to making people actually have access to it, is that the content can all rank on Google. So if you're answering people's common questions around your industry, if you're handling objections, if you're being a useful resource, it can ramp up your organic position on Google. It can drive more qualified traffic to your site. And of course, if your website can convert, it can drive more inbound opportunities for your sales team. And the other advantage about putting out ungated content is you can actually retarget these, these prospects. So if you're doing things like LinkedIn ads, you can serve them educational content, case studies, bits and pieces of social proof, and eventually guide them to speak to sales with those ads that you're serving and remarketing to. So yeah, run the test, maybe have one or two, a couple pieces of gated content if your prospects, your clients really agree that they'd happily pay for it or exchange their email for it. But otherwise, I recommend putting out your best content free of charge, whether that's on your website, on the social feeds, videos, podcasts, and more just like I'm doing now. So you can really educate, build that trust in the market, entertain the market, and build up your brand, and ultimately, drive inbound. Myth number five, if you build it, they will come. Well, this couldn't be less true for your website, because even if you build a website that's designed to attract, build trust with, qualify and convert idle clients and your idle clients agree with you that it's great if no one can find your website it's as good as useless so you need to make sure that you're marketing and advertising it on the channels that those target prospects actually hang out on and use daily so in b2b this might be linkedin both organic content in the feed and paid ads it might be using google search both through organic SEO and paid advertising Google ads to make sure you show up when prospects are searching for your services or asking questions around your offer. It might be through creating podcasts or YouTube video content. So again, you show up where your audience is listening to or watching or any other channels that apply to where your ideal clients hang out. Because most importantly, we want to get target prospects onto our website so then we can build trust with them and convert them into opportunities. For our sales team and there you have it i hope you've enjoyed me busting these five common b2b website myths as always if you're on youtube a quick subscribe is much appreciated or on the audio podcast on apple Podcasts, a rating or review goes a very long way and with that i will catch you on the next episode cheers are you tired of the competition Stealing your potential clients and website traffic just because they rank higher than you on Google for the main services or products you offer? Or maybe you're already investing in SEO or marketing, but your website's failing to convert your hard-earned visitors into a steady flow of qualified sales leads. Or perhaps you already work with a web or SEO agency, but they're just not getting you the results they promised. Let's fix that. Get in touch with us over at webchoiceuk.com. That's webchoiceuk.com. Mention the podcast and set up a call with Sam to see if we can help you with the results today. Music.